Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by you. Hello, Swaft Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How was your weekend? It was great. I was with you. Hey. hey! We went to a Stranger Things party mm-hmm. for your birthday round your house. You'd kitted out the place. Thanks, man. Awesomely. There was like a welcome to Hawkins sign. Yep. The shower had a picture of Eleven in yep. as if she was in a deprivation tank. Uh, and you had the whole lights on the wall from the famous episode where Will tries to communicate with his mum using from the, an, from the upside down dimension absolutely and we turned our living room into the upside down itself mm. which was originally going to be outside but it was very rainy so we didn't do that in the end wise wise that's what we thought i'm surprised by how many people crammed into your place yeah well uh, my wife was a bit concerned about that but i did remind her that the last time we had about 20 people there we did that all in the living room whereas now we've also got the spare room available and the kitchen is decked out so people can go out into the kitchen as well people can just sort of spread themselves out and it just it feels full but not crammed mm, yeah. and uh yeah a lot of people went into the spare room to have a go on the uh the games consoles oh there was a battle for the ages between my lady partner and your lady partner on super smash bros oh, two people who've never picked up the controller oh. to play the game in their life not a scooby-doo what they were doing had one of the best Smash Brothers matches I've ever seen. Because it was just it was just incompetence. <laughs> but it was edge of the seat incompetence. Where you're like, because Anna was Pikachu and Kate was Kirby, I think. Kirby, yes. Yeah. And uh, like Anna just couldn't figure out any buttons. Yep. But she got the headbutt down. So just like, headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. And, and the, the percentage was going up for Kirby and she kept on doing it. It went down right to the wire after so many, like so many deaths in that game were just people walking off. <laughs> or not, not jumping up enough <laughs> oh, to, to get it back up. painful. Oh, it was great. It just made me invested. It went on for ages as yeah. well. Oh, I loved that. It was I great. It, yeah. Had a good time playing uh, Mario 64, uh, Super Mario's, mm-hmm. Mario Kart 64, I should say. Just good time had by all. I had a, a, an absolute blast. Thank you uh, for coming down. And thank you so much for your uh, the effort you put into your costume, or rather the effort that your lady partner put into your costume. I paid for all the materials. So really... That's also time via money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you could you could say that I. Well, this is why I wore it. This is why you won joint first place. It's a critically applauded. Uh, Anna's very happy because her Instagram post of this got 194 likes. What? what? Yeah, Crazy so stuff. I don't know what that means. Uh, money, I think. If, yeah, if, well, he's now an influencer. Well, I think if Ralph Breaks the Internet has taught me anything, it's that getting likes just equals money. Oh, did, have you, did, did you watch I, that? I went to go see it last night, in fact. Yeah. Uh, it is very good. Um, not as good as the first one, 
mostly because I didn't really get on with the third act that much. I thought it was a, it was a retread of the first film, and b added in something that I I, I just wasn't on board with. Um, but it's very very sweet. It's got a good heart to it, uh, and I and I enjoyed that aspect of it. But it does ha- it does basically introduce this uh, this this concept that if you're on this uh, called BuzzTube, which is basically their version of YouTube, if you're on BuzzTube and people like it, that just equals money. So the more likes you get, the more money you you make. That's yeah, I and mean, it's kind of like that, but with views. Yeah, but did they, did they address uh, just badly served ads nope, on political uh, th- campaigns? That was not. And- but it did it did introduce a very very important lesson, which is never read the comments. It's the first rule of the internet: never read the comments. Mm. Well, well, apart the, from wrestle talk well, comments, fir- where yeah. everyone is lovely. The first thing I did is I got home and just checked the uh, comments on the uh, latest wrestle ramble to see how, to who was telling me I was being an idiot, or just general mistakes that have been made. Oh yeah, people point out. Yeah, I I also saw a movie last night. Oh, what did you see? I it was it's this it's this thing. I don't know if you've done it. Uh, it's like people in real life on a stage. Looks like a movie, but they're there. What? Like a one more time? Like it's like a theater thing. Mm-hmm. They call it a theater. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know what a theater is. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then it's uh, you people like just... a stage play. You, oh, you went yeah, to go see a like, play. Yeah, like a play. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Right. I just thought it was like a movie thing. Yeah, you went to go see a play. It's new, like really good. Yeah. Three D, not very scalable three D. No. Because the people are actually there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, a very, very, very dark matter by Martin McDonough, hmm. which is why I went to see it. Okay, he's the he's the guy who did in Bruges mm. and Three Billboards and Seven Psychopaths. And on finishing the play, I remembered, ah, oh, I like your brother more, <laughs> John Mike, John Michael, John Martin McDonough, who did like The Guard and Cavalry or Calvary, whatever you say. And uh, what was the one recently? Another one, Another and they're one. all very good. They're all much better, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Martin McDonough gets lost up his own ass. But it was a play. Get this about a time traveling nineteenth-century Congo pygmy who was trapped in a box in Hans Christian Andersen's house, writer of The Little Mermaid and all those creepy tales. Mm-hmm. And she was writing the things for him. She was writing the books. Wow! And also there were two blood-covered Belgium soldiers that she'd killed in the future that had come back to kill her. Crikey. So I'm happy that this exists <laughs> as a as a big-budget production. Yep. But overall, I found it quite superficial. Yeah. And just uh, just offensive for the sake of being offensive. Yeah. Hmm. Which I, I, I don't mind offensive stuff. I just didn't think there was anything to it. No. Well, you know, well, I'm glad that you at least went to go uh, to the theatre. Jim Broadbent was in it. That was the best thing. I saw him live. That is good. He's he's great. <laughs> he's great. Uh, I've got a quick email here that I just want to read out uh, with the subject line, The Toilet. Uh, mm. Gents, I have worked in a building with a few hundred people for nearly a decade. I've encountered many odd situations, so many that I now have this weird dream of creating a comic strip about my encounters. This makes me an expert on bathroom uh, toilet etiquette. That's him putting out in brackets because uh, clearly he is an American. Restroom. Yes. They call it, don't yeah. they? Yeah, well, get this. Luke is fine to use the urinal mm. next to Ollie so long as they did not walk in at the same time. If Ollie was already engaged at the urinal upon entering the room, then it's fine for Luke to use the next one. Of course, it would be better for Luke to use the stall, uh, cubicle, but it's totally fine not to. I used to be uh, entirely against bathroom talking until I discovered that one of my friends is a self-proclaimed bathroom talker. Now I have learned to accept people for who they are. Next time Ollie is made uncomfortable by someone using using the urinal next to them, simply say this. Well, if you're going to look at it, you may as well touch it. Cheers. And that comes from Adam Emond. It's not about it's it's not about the looking. It's just that we're there with it out. <laughs> it's it's just that I don't. It's like if 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 you Luke had mm. your penis out at the desk. Yeah, I just feel weird about that because I'd know even if I couldn't see it mm-hmm. and you weren't doing anything with it, I'd just be like, mm, uh, I don't like the fact that it's out there. Even if I know I'm not going to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I still think you're being weird about this. Anyway, can I read you this email, though, that I woke up to on Tuesday, December 4th? So, yes. Sure. Because this was an email with the subject line, Tragedy Strikes Wrestle Talk. 
And oh, it came man. from Christopher Jenkins. Christopher Infinite Crisis. Leroy Jenkins. The uh, man who is making us hammers. The man oh, who sent no, us. I'm worried us. for the hammers now. Well, so get this. The mighty hammers. Dear Luke and Ollie. I was over the moon last month when both of you mentioned my name in the Wrestle Ramble $25 Pledge Hammer shoutouts, with Luke enthusiastically saying, Infinite Crisis Chris Jenkins, the guy that's building us hammers. Now, while my name has been omitted from the shoutout list in the past, I was certain that after the impression I was making on you guys that I couldn't be forgotten again. I was wrong. <laughs> Full of hope, I listened to the podcast last week. My name was not mentioned. In unadulter- unadulterated denial, I intensely watched both Wrestle Rambles on YouTube twice. Nope, no mention of Infinite Crisis Chris Jenkins on either episode. And so, I have come to the difficult decision to turn the hammers over to another YouTube channel crew that you may be able to remember the, uh, the name of their new loyal Patreon backer from the US, the black-hearted hammer destroyer Chris Jenkins. That's right, you people have turned heel. I'll, oh, be, sending, no. I'll be sending the last large box containing the WrestleTalk hammers along with other gifts for WrestleTalk to Cultaholic. Maybe you can negotiate a deal to recover the hammers via some embarrassing punishment, or maybe they just savagely found, uh, find out a way to take hits. How many hits it takes to get a, to the center of a WrestleTalk hammer? Either way, it'll be in their hands, quite literally, to decide what to do with your hammers very soon. I've attached my previous email and pictures you may have overlooked, and let's face it, you tend to overlook things. This way you can remind yourselves of what might have been the black-hearted hammer destroyer, Christopher Jenkins. Now... Wait, so who turned heel here? Did we or him? Well, here's the thing. We did read his name out on the episode, he just hadn't listened to it. And we had sent read out his latest email with the progression of the hammers. He just hadn't listened to it. So I replied to him and said, you missed this episode around the 21 minute mark. You may have also missed the podcast where we talked about the, uh, and he sent me a follow-up going like, oh crap. Well, now I feel like a twit. My apologies, you guys are awesome. I've sent many updates to you guys. I must have lost track. Have a good day. I'm pretty sure these pictures were sent after the 21st podcast. These hammers are probably the coolest thing I've made so far. Talk to you soon. Whoa. So, that was a roller coaster. I know. Jeez. Because when I saw it, I was like, oh my, have we, I'm pretty sure we read his name out. And I went back and I checked the, the document that we've got, which has got all of our Pledge Hammer names. And so I was like, no, no, his name is there. So it must have been read out. I went back and I found the episode. And sure enough, there it was. We read it out clear as day and even said, that's the guy that's building us the hammers. And you did your Leroy Jenkins thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I, I'm kind of worried about ever falling Bowl of <laughs> Jenkins. Also, I don't know if these if he actually has sent these uh, hammers to Cultaholic. I don't know if whether it's a joke or he has genuinely sent them to him. Yeah. Well, that. I mean, that turned pretty. I thought we were on good terms. Wow. Well, um, and he sent us lovely gifts. We should still be on good terms. <laughs> really. Um, I don't want to be in a in a relationship <laughs> where I'm. I'm now really scared <laughs> if I do one thing wrong, which is usually due to incompetence, yeah. not due to oh, any, absolutely. He is any well, nastiness. He is well within his rights to say that I do tend to overlook things because, I mean, as we'll get to in the agony art section that we're going to do after this, some things just tend to fall by the wayside because we get through a lot. We've got a lot of chat to get through on this podcast, a lot of banter. Um, also, fun fact for you as well, you know the uh, the packet that Marcel sent us that we opened mm. up on the Saturday episode? There was a letter and there was instructions. You just opened up the box upside down. So it was at the bottom when it should have been right at the top. Right. But it's okay. I got the blame for it. So we'll move on with the whole I'm ha- show. I'm happy for that. <laughs> so we'll move on with the show now. Uh, we're going to be talking about Daniel Bryan's latest heel character, Addressing the question, is he the best heel in WWE right now? But spoilers, we don't actually answer that question. Then we remember it <laughs> later on in the episode. Here's the show. So let's kick off with, like, one an episode of SmackDown. This is so nice to be <laughs> genuinely positive. There was a bit like halfway through the show where I thought, this is, you know, this is a really enjoyable show. It's flying by. But then I thought, you know what? That should be what it's like all the time. That yeah. should be that average level of SmackDown. So I thought, I'm going to give this a smacktastic, really. Otherwise, the comments will crucify you. But really, this is an, This should be the, 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 the normal. This should be the normal for an engaging television show that you like to watch. Mm-hmm. But then by the end of it, with all the Daniel Bryan stuff, I was just, you know what? This is this is a, a four out of five very good episode by anyone's standards. Absolutely, exactly. I thought the same thing. I thought it was a proper smacktastic oh. show. I described it in my uh, in my review. A solid two hours of TV that was like all feuds progressed. 
like and that that's that's a real big one for me things mm. moved forward characters moved forward where they are in different positions now than they were last week that's a big thumbs up and i'm into all of them and i'm yeah i'm into all of them and now those all the feuds they're doing have made me excited for tlc thumbs up this is great oh, and and we'll get into it on the larger review with the full play by play of the show but i would even argue even the ancillary parts of those matches were also build up like just for example Sonia Deville yes Sonia Deville looked great in a segment that was meant to get over Charlotte and Asuka and Becky yes absolutely what more can you ask for and Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy likely isn't happening at TLC but I'm excited for when it could happen down the line Samoa Joe approved with the beer okay (laughs) drinking so let's talk about my unequivocally my most favourite part of this and like it's amazing that Daniel Bryan is such within two weeks of a heel turn, which came out of nowhere. They put the WWE title on him. Like, yeah, it was shocking and it was fun, but it was like the terrible storytelling, really. And that's why I gave just the episode. A of, that's why I gave that episode a smack, smack bang in the middle, which was very much against the grain. Mm. But like you, I thought that yeah, it was a shocking moment, but sort of made no sense in the larger picture. Yeah, it was just, it was a very superficial thrill. I, I enjoyed it, though, but it yeah, was just like, there, there's it. no substance yeah, there. Absolutely. But, of course, like, storyline substance, as in what WWE's been telling us, but Daniel Bryan had a long time out. I imagine Bryan likes wrestling, Bryan likes feuds, Bryan likes characters. He's a smart guy, like us. Yeah. We're smart guys. And... He must have fantasy booked his own heel run. And he has a fully fleshed out within two weeks. This, his new character has straight edge society levels of potential. Yeah. That's what I was getting from him. So his new character is still ragging on the fans. But I think that in this is a rare case where it's warranted. Yeah, it is a standard you people promo, which we saw with Dean Ambrose on Monday, where he came out to cut a you people promo. And this was, again, a you people promo. However, it wasn't about vaccinations or your town smells. It was just a case of, hey, look, I'm a vegan and I care about the environment. I do everything that I can to not use plastic, to... Uh, because I'm not eating meat, I'm not contributing uh, contributing to methane gas and all this sort of stuff. I'm talking about all this stuff, and he's like, and essentially, that makes me better than you. Like that is not a you, that is a you could call it a typical you you, pe- uh, you people promo, but for me, it's not. It's a I am just better than all of you. I think it's even more genius than that because that is definitely what's happening here. But there's a deeper level of it where he's using all of that stuff as justification for kicking AJ in the balls, which is the only real heel thing he's done so far. He did beat up AJ a lot at the end of this show, but up until this point, he, he'd he only, you know, if anything, he wrestled as a babyface against Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, where, so, you know, Survivor Series, the one time a year where heel actions don't matter, <laughs> according to Charlotte and Brian. Yeah. But the, yeah, like, this was... Him saying, look, I did one bad thing. I did one bad thing. I kicked AJ in the groin. I love how he doesn't say low blow. Yeah. I kicked him in the groin. You, all you people, every day, you kill the world. You kick the planet in the groin. That was a great line. Like, he was so good. So this started, really, with a Miz TV segment with Brian. Yes, and was it like, well, before we get to that, Carmella and Truth came out to interrupt for a dance break segment. And then just walk to the back. I like that, though. I think hey, that man. fleshes out the entire SmackDown universe. Good use of them. Mm. They, they they get the crowd alive, and Vince McMahon thinks it's hilarious. And if he's happy, then I guess the rest of the show can be happy. Nope, nope. <laughs> that logic does not follow because of Drake Maverick. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm not down on that Absolutely. at all. No, it am is I. funny to think that Carmella being champion for a lengthy period was this year. <laughs> yeah, like that was this year. That wasn't last year. No, no. Well, it feels like last year. Yeah, but no, she's that's what a, she. What a, uh, she beat Asuka twice on pay per view. <laughs> what a worthwhile push. Twice. Uh, um, yeah. So, so yeah, Brian comes out, and it's so weird to have Brian as this heel against Miz, who definitely is transitioning. I would argue. I well, here's the thing. I still don't see this happening. Mm. This because this again is Miz's character has not changed since you know five years ago. He's still the same Miz there. 
than he is now. He is still 100% a heel with no signs of I'm turning babyface, with the exception of when they go dark and they... Like in the dark match segments, he does go babyface. Like for example, on tonight, he cut a promo before his dark match. I think he had a dark match with Daniel Bryan, where he said, "I am now from Austin, Texas, and I think this place is great." And the crowd were like, "Hey!" And he proper babyfaced it up. So if your plan is to chain is to turn Miz heel, I would start doing things drastically different on TV because at the moment he's still being dickhead Miz. I uh, yeah. Well, I think this is a slower turn. And I it's, wouldn't. It's so slow; it hasn't started. Well, no, I disagree. I think it's it's happening. Like these are the these are, these are the start bits. If this is a proper three month character arc, which you know that that's good, and hopefully they run with that rather than just forgetting about it one week. But I think they're they're slowly turning him face with you know that crown jewel thing where he is selling the knee, and I, I've never been injured before. But then like. One way to soften a heel up is to start make them more of a comedy character. And that's definitely what Miz has become. And I, I know he faced AJ in the main event, but that felt to me more of a babyface, babyface dynamic. Oh, oh no, I completely disagree. Mm. And in this segment, he is, his whole se- point of this segment was that like you cheated to win, which is exactly what I have been telling you to do for years, because that is the right thing to do. It's always about getting the win, regardless of what methods you do to get there, because being a heel is ace and we can cheat all the time. Mm. I, yeah, I didn't. I, I felt like this was the start of a villain kind of recognising the bad work also, that they've done. He also attacked AJ from behind. After AJ attacked him. AJ pushed him out of the way. I wouldn't say it was... I, 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 that say, happens I was, all the time. AJ's say. a hothead. I bet he's done that to loads of people. But that, again, is another character trait that people say he's on AJ, but I'm, I, it's very rarely seen that AJ is this hothead character. They, they bring they, it out sometimes. Yeah, they, they, it, it happens when they need it to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're not really talking about Miz. This is a Brian talk. And it's just like... Brian has transformed his whole look. He looks different to even last week where he explained his actions against Even though he's in another comfy cardi. He's, he's sort of got this T-shirt on that is a... It's a, it's a heart, a yes. green heart with trees coming out of it's it. It's made of leaves. Yeah. And then he's just got this jacket on that looks greasy. He, do, he does not look like... I bet The Undertaker's throwing a fit backstage. <laughs> like, he's a champion. He should be dressed in a suit. He, he was backstage, apparently, because it was in Texas. Mm. Uh, but it's like... it's he's, he's got this cult-like mentality. And just the way he looks at the fans, and just when the fans start to chant, yes, 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 he's like, fickle, fickle, fickle. Yeah. And that's almost his new yes chant. And it is in genius i thought another genius and this is clearly an ad-libbed moment for daniel bryan is when the crowd were giving him the what treatment and because the way that wwe is staged you have to stick to the script you have to do whatever the script tells you to do unless you're stephanie mcmahon you have to stick to the script john cena can get away with it as well but daniel bryan went off script and he just basically turned around and said like you fans are just sheep you're just all doing a chant that was stupid 20 years ago because you're just sheep and you just follow what everyone else does. Crowd nuclear booze because they were like, no, no, we enjoy doing that. Never did the what again. Fickle. 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 Brilliant stuff. And by the end of the show, he was getting genuine, genuine heel heat. Yeah. There wasn't an ironic cheer in that building. No. Because they were focusing on kids, which is like the real cool stuff. And the kids are going like, boo. Yeah, yeah. And then occasionally you'll get an adult going, no, I don't like you either. Yeah. This is Daniel Bryan. I like a hamburger. Like, just, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's how you that's how you really turn heel in America. Oh, totally. You go yeah. after the meat. Exactly. He is, and I said this in the review, he is doing a character that is the preachy vegan that Twitter seems to think every vegan is. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a genius character to play because for people hate those people. People who eat meat hate, quote, preachy vegans, which I would argue are in a very, very small number of the, the larger vegan population. They're loud, though, aren't they? Well, that's it. It's the same people like the, the men's rights activists that didn't like the Ghostbusters reboot because women took their job. Like, so they, they were I very... didn't like the Ghostbusters well, really. No, I didn't, but we are not men's rights activists hating it because it was women in the role. But there was a very small contingent that was, but those were the loudest mm. people. So everyone assumed that if you hate that movie, you are one of these people. Same way that if you are a vegan, people assume you are one of those people the very very vocal minority but what uh, th- this is what like hooks into punk straight edge society thing punk took something he genuinely believes in yep which is a straight edge lifestyle no booze no drugs he he lives clean his body's clean 
and he turned that into a heel act. Yeah. I think that's quite a fascinating thing to, to do something you believe is a positive force to make that the central part of your heel character, absolutely, which is meant to make the audience disagree with you. I think it's a masterstroke. Yeah, and it, and it comes and that's what Brian's done. He he believes like he's a very liberal, left leaning person. He really believes in the environment and and sort of staving off climate change and he's using that very noble cause to get booze. Yeah, it's it's brilliant really, isn't it? Yeah. Like someone pointed out on Twitter, it really made me laugh that Daniel Bryan, the heel, is talking about why climate change is bad <laughs> and why <laughs> Being, like by living a vegan lifestyle actually helps save the environment. That's a bad guy. Yet flat earther AJ Styles and on record homophobe is the good guy. That was a comment from two <laughs> decades ago. I know. <laughs> uh, that is, oh man, that's probably where WWE will take this. As great as this is now, we've got a bad track record of this <laughs> stuff. It will be based on, well, Wendy's going to get involved, Bree's going to get involved, <laughs> oh. and the month after that, it's going to be Flat Earth versus... Yeah. Spherical Earth. Oh, mate, I tell you what, when Daniel Bryan cut that promo on Byron Saxton during the main event, right. oh, it was so good because, like, well, it's just right, so oh, Miz TV, yeah. uh, then AJ runs down, Bryan runs away, Miz and AJ have a scuffle which sets up the main event, which uh, Bryan was on commentary for. Well, this happened. Yeah, he just cut this amazing promo on Byron. Like, this whole match, this match was, like, broadly fine, but it, it was, was. It was perfectly it, it was serviceable. Per- perfectly serviceable, yeah, but, like, for the live crowd, perfectly serviceable. Us watching at home, it was just a backdrop for Daniel Bryan being brilliant on commentary. Yeah. And Byron just goes like, you know, the old Daniel Bryan never would have kicked guys in the in the groin. And Daniel Bryan was like, oh, then you don't know your Daniel Bryan history. Like, A, that's a great line because <laughs> Byron looked like a complete idiot. But B, when he starts, Byron starts talking about something, like, would you like to see your daughter kick guys in the groin and and Brian just fires up and he's like I want to see my daughter kick every man she possibly can in the groin I want to see her stop people using like bottled water and this that and the other and he just cuts this amazing promo on on Byron that is saying all right stuff we should use less plastic we shouldn't eat as much meat as we do because we are trying we should really strive better to save the environment and make this planet healthy again but yet he did it as a heel, and it worked. Yeah, well, it was, it was yeah because he, he turned it into using his daughter, like to to sort of indoctrinate her into the worst side of that militancy, yeah. which is kick some people in the balls yeah, to get your goals. That's yeah. that's not a cool way to go about stuff. But yeah, it comes from this realism, and that's why it's connecting so much. And I think that's why he's getting the crowd to actually boo him. And yeah, they they have a. The AJM is, like you said, is is a pretty uh, backdrop match. Although it got a light, this is awesome chance at one part at one point. Yeah, I know. Okay, I did, it was it was perfectly fine and for you know it was structured for a live crowd. So, but yeah, I was totally engrossed in the Brian commentary, and Brian sort of gets outside. He distracts AJ with a handshake. Let's Miz get the upper hand, whips him into the steps, skull crushing finale, kick out in the ring. And then Brian tries to interrupt again. This is where you're like, okay, Brian's being an out and out heel now. And AJ gets out and makes Miz tap in the calf crusher. Are you trying to tell me that a babyface overcame distraction and still won? It's it's a yeah, it's a novel concept. <sighs> Crikey. Yeah, the guy who's going after the title gotta win. I, pff, oh, mate, I mean not over the challenger, no. not over the person who's the champion. Yeah. Do you know what? Stranger things have happened, I guess. But then Brian, as soon as that's over, because AJ's knee was worked over as well, so he was kind of selling after the victory. Brian gets in and just beats down AJ, targeting the left knee, puts in a knee bar, and the referees come down and trying to stop him. Children in the crowd are actually booing. Kevin Dunn got some good shots of kids booing. Yeah, and shouting stop. Like I yeah. saw one kid that was going, stop, stop. It's not real stupid mark and then brian goes over to greg hamilton the ring announcer and says in you know do do the usual stick he gets up on the announcer's table which always reminds me of wrestlemania 30 yeah, yeah. when he's there holding up both belts and i think he's playing off that symmetry as well and he, he says the new the the wwe champion the new daniel bryan really solidifying that in people's heads and brian gets the mic and cuts a promo on the crowd and this is where he's just like fickle fickle 
fickle over and over again. You won't cheer the new Daniel Bryan, he asks, and the crowd go, no, we won't. <laughs> Boo! He worked them perfectly. And then got even further heel heat by running back into the ring. Another chop block. Got the heel hook back in. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts using that as his new finisher. Was it a heel hook or was it the... I thought they said it was a heel hook. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting because Brian always said he wanted the heel hook to be his finisher. Ah, okay. Um, before he came to WWE, but then he had he moved into the Yes Lock stuff yeah. or, or the LaBelle Lock. LaBelle Lock, LaBelle, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's yeah, that's interesting if he'll... If he'll actually use that as his new finisher because I thought like when he was attacking AJ and targeting his knee I thought that's a bit weird like a bit weird psychology because AJ's then going into the match at TLC with an injured leg but Daniel Bryan's submission is all about the arm and neck but then now he's doing this heel hook thing I'm like oh if that's a new submission move that's that's brilliant because yeah. AJ's now going into this match with an injured leg injured leg and Bryan's new finisher is targeting that yeah and it's the new Daniel Bryan every single thing that you used to cheer this guy or have a Pavlovian response to going, oh, the yes lock or, oh, the running knee or the knee or whatever that thing is that they call it. And the, the yes chance, like even through the, what was it, like a bash? Yeah, it's the uh, the side plates on the championship. Yeah. yeah, he threw that down on the on the mat. That's because a lot of people said that didn't make sense. When he introduced himself as the new Daniel Bryan and the yes movement is dead, he had yes, yes, yes on all of his side plates. And everyone was like, I don't think it's that mm. dead, mate. You've still got them. But now it is. Like he's, I think... Yeah, to have these matches as a proper heel. And he really seems committed to this. Yeah, just completely change your moveset. Don't let people cheer your usual spots. It's well, brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, well, Randy Orton seemed to be teasing this. When he, when he turned heel and he stopped doing the RKO because that's what people wanted to see him do. And it really worked because he would set up to do the RKO but then never do it and just win through various other means. Now he just hits the RKO again. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The show kicked off, though, with the women's contract signing. So Paige is out there. She says TLC is historic. It's historic. The first ever women is happening Again, I, I mean, I don't think they hammered it home. It, they didn't, they didn't. They didn't they, hammer it home as much as they, they if Stephanie was doing it. First ever women's TN, TLC match, yep. TNSC. TNSC match. 
First T's and C's match. First triple threat women's TLC match. Oh man, you're starting off with a bang. Oh. That means you can still have the first ever one-on-one TLC's yeah. match. Yeah, TLC. on Raw. On it's been <laughs> saved for Raw. And they've got all the ladders and tables and chairs surrounding the ring. So, you know, I, I do like it when they do that. They put an effort into reminding you this is a pay-per-view yes. thing we're promoting. And they hung Becky's belt from the ceiling mm. to remind everyone Asuka is not there to take a pinfall like everyone was saying last week because there are no pinfalls in the match. Uh, and Asuka, Charlotte and Becky come down. Initially, I thought Becky's cheer would be louder. But when she got in the ring, they, they yeah. did. It was like the, the pop for the music wasn't that big. But I just I got the sense the people who were in the building were loud. And they, they, but there was only b- about five of them. <laughs> yes. That yeah, yeah. sounded like a sparse crowd to me. There were shots during the Daniel Bryan Miz TV segment where you could see empty seats. Really? Yeah. Okay. And like, and I've got f- uh, video footage sent to me. That was like the video footage of, of uh, Miz doing the face turn after the, in the dark match. And you can see empty seats all, yeah. all over the show. Is that like the people who were there? I think they, you know, they tried their best, but... There's only so many, much you can do when... I mean, it sounded, it sounded empty, yeah. really. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year WWE start booking smaller venues. Mm. Or just don't do as many house shows. Make those TV tapings special. So, Becky... Bec- like, Becky... I thought... And this is the whole show of SmackDown. Great promos. Yeah, really great promos from everyone, actually. Yeah, And I thought it was interesting as well that Paige made attention of the fact that Asuka earned her way into this match, but she didn't say the same thing for Charlotte. Ah, because, ooh. I'm continuing my campaign, Charlotte is a heel and you are wrong. You got that, do you get that here? That get, Charlotte was a she heel? She keeps telling people to shut up. That's, Becky does that. Becky did it as a baby face. When Becky tells people, to, her, the way she delivers her lines is like a baby face would. Charlotte delivers them like a heel would. I think that's just Charlotte. Well, they, well then, then, brilliant. Then she's a heel and she's a very natural heel. Natural selection, she's a heel. I'm, I'm arguing she's a tweener. So you can make the argument that she's a heel or face. Yes. So I can't lose. <laughs> it's my point. I've won this argument. Absolutely. Well, fair enough. Uh, and that, like, I thought, wow, Becky's so good on the mic here. She sounds like she's actually talking. Yeah. But then Charlotte started talking. I was like, Charlotte's doing pretty well here as well. She she brought up the Nia Jax thing, like, and they're talking over each other. Yeah, telling her to shut up and be like, you yeah. dropped the. B- I picked up the ball that you dropped at Survivor Series, and then like Asuka jumps in and she's like, hey, I, you know, Becky's beating you. But she's never beaten me. And then Charlotte jumps in and is like, aren't you the one I beat at WrestleMania? Aren't I the one that conquered your undefeated streak? Reminding everyone how awful WWE have done since that happened. Um, but I thought it was some really, really good stuff from all three of oh, them, yeah. Haley. Absolutely. And then it's Becky, like an absolute badass, just like done with talking, walks up, signs a contract, walks away. Yeah. She, she doesn't need to do anything else. She's like, And then Charlotte's there going like, are you just going to let your champ leave? Are you just letting her walk away? Just letting her do whatever she wants? Yeah. And it's like, I didn't really think of, I mean, I, I probably thought of it, but I didn't recognize it, that Charlotte has beaten Asuka. Asuka, well, I don't, yeah, and, and Becky's been in Charlotte. So you've, they're, they're all actually viable contenders for this. Yeah. When 50-50 booking works, Oliver uh, Davis. This is a match built around wins and losses. Not about friends. No. Not about who's fallen out with who. This is wins and losses and to win the title. Yep, the title is the most important thing. Everyone wants to be champion. Everyone wants to be the man. I just, I cannot say, amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. This, this is, this is treating your women's division seriously. Yeah. Um, I read a thing, I don't, I doubt this is the case anymore, but at least five or so years ago, it was an interview with an old, or a former WWE creative team member. And he said, you would start off writing for the women's division. And you would get promoted to the men's for writing. <laughs> yeah, thought, yeah. Well, yeah, of course, that makes total sense then. Yeah, yeah. But, but hopefully they've changed that around now. And it's the quality of, of the women's storylines on SmackDown seems to indicate that. And it's just crazy because I know a lot of people will be like, oh, the reason the Raw is bad is because Vince is there. And it's like, Vince does both shows. Mm. Like, Vince is there for both shows. He's got final say off on everything that happens on these shows. So, as me and Fakedor said this yesterday, when he wants something to work, it can work. Yeah. I always think he did the shield. Like, yeah. he, 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 everything that you like on WWE, 
he has also signed off on. John Cena, CM Punk, Money in the Bank 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, both of those things are six years ago. So <laughs> maybe, maybe something, so, surely something's good happened since. Becky. But Becky leaves, well, uh, eventually they got on board with Becky. And it just Asuka, wasn't the story they were telling Oliver Davis. Asuka challenges Charlotte right now, but oh, here come Absitution. Yep. Guess where this is going, players? Absolutely. Baby girl players, we got ourselves a tag team match. Mm. Uh, and it was a, I mean, it was a standard formulaic tag team match in which the baby faces dominate, an ad break happens, and then the heels take over, and then a finish happens. Mm. Well, actually, the SmackDown template is the the baby faces dominate the the pre-break, and then you have the heels working them over in the break. Yep. Come back, heel got a headlock on. Yep. And then the baby faces come back. Yeah. So for a live audience, you're like, oh, okay, I'm I'm into this baby face comeback because I've seen the heels work them over. But for for viewers who don't watch the little stupid split screen thing they do with the adverts, we're like, I have no psychological investment in the baby faces comeback now. But it was a cool finish because there was a bit of a kerfuffle mm. between Miz and uh, sorry Miz, Mandy Rose and Asuka up on the apron. And Charlotte turns around thinking she's going to boot Mandy Rose in the face, but actually boots Asuka in the face. Asuka hits the floor, and then while Charlotte and Sonya Deville are doing a couple of things, Asuka runs in, sliding knee to the face of Charlotte, and allows Sonya Deville to pin her. And I thought Asuka sold this brilliantly, because she essentially, yeah, she feigned sorrow of being like, oh, sorry, oops, did I do that? Yeah. And I was really annoyed that WWE.com did not have a good photo of that oh. when I was trying to do my review. You've got to go to the feed. You've got so to capture annoying. that. Uh, what's that? Who's the Japanese wrestler we like? <laughs> Yano. Toriyano. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the that's what we should have done. Um, so this was. I mean, I've my other note here is Charlotte's wrestling like a total babyface. Gets hot tag. Kip up. Yep, yeah, and she was on the apron cheering on the uh, cheering on Asuka being beat. Not not cheering her beating up, but cheering on to get the tag. Yep, yeah, and Asuka hit Charlotte first. I mean, she's totally healed though, isn't she? But the positive thing. So Becky's out. On, it, it, that does undermine my point. Yeah, Becky's on commentary for all this. Well, she at least at ringside. She, she wasn't on commentary, was she? No. But uh, yeah, you, Charlotte and Asuka lose nothing here. But you've given Sonya Deville a victory, and it's just another thing for Sonya to add to this slow build of momentum. Yeah, it was the final two last week, which they made a deal of in the video package that opened the show, and now Sonya has. Got a pinfall victory over Charlotte. And remember, as I said, that SmackDown Out of Survivor series has been written out of storylines where she took a pinfall. That's not being brought up anymore. Yeah, it doesn't we're, exist. We're just saying, hey, at Survivor Series, she wasn't pinned or submitted. She had to be counted out to be to, to get out of that match. And then she was the final two here, and she's pinned Charlotte now. I really, I really think they're doing a slow build with well, hopefully with yeah, Deville and I, I think they are. You know, in by by April time, she will hopefully be a, a viable main eventer in the women's division. <gasps> Maybe to face Ronda. Yeah, yeah. For, MMA, for, right? Yeah, so Ronda, Ronda can beat her. You build her up so Ronda can get over. Um, so, yeah, another positive move for DeVille. You're building up people outside of the main three while not undermining the main three, and you've got three people in your main feud anyway. They, the, they can't... There's nothing wrong with this. That was, and that was what I was... My complaint about SmackDown previously was that they had built the whole women's division around Becky and Charlotte and just forgotten everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So we would, I was talking about this on Twitter with a few people, being like, once this Charlotte Flair's over, like Charlotte Flair feud's over, like, what do you do next? Because no one feels like a viable contender. And within a couple of weeks, they've made Asuka genuinely feel like she could win the title at TLC. And they're slowly building up um, Sonya Deville now in the background. This is all good stuff. You need to build these people up so you can start feuds after your main feud has finished. Mm -hmm. um, and they announced later on in the show, Asuka and Charlotte will have a WrestleMania rematch for the Go Home show next week. Next week, yeah. Which I think that's that's very good. Big match. Yeah. Big time I'm, I'm match. Well into that. John Stewart was shown in the crowd yep. doing something for tribute to the troops. Absolutely, yeah. And then, what a treat. Oh, what a treat this was. A Cesaro, Xavier Woods and Jey Uso triple threat. Holy heckins, was this a fun match. That's like, I mean, the, it didn't matter which Uso was in there, but... Woods and Cesaro, those are the people I would want in this yeah. from their respective teams. This was a very, very fun match. Cesaro continuing his um, his, his streak of uppercutting Jey Uso <laughs> diving out of the air. Um, when, sorry, when was... 
this triple threat tag match and announced today? Today, good. Well, well, yeah, announced on this show. Good. Was, good I think good. it might have been announced on social media. It usually is. But hey, that's a match that I. It's another addition from the SmackDown side of things of matches I want to see at TLC. Also, a match that makes sense because New Day and U- and the Usos both pinned the champions in the in respective matches. So hey, you're both mm. the number one contenders now. It's not a ladder match though. Well, no, because you're not allowed your triple threat ladder match that you all want you want. A ladder match between them. <laughs> like, like okay. if if that we've ever had anything close to the Hardys, Dudleys, I was about and Edge and Christian chemistry. Yeah, it's these three teams, and it's building to a TLC. <laughs> it's 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 a dangerous match. It's probably good that they're not. Well, I, I was going to say on Raw they showed a video package of SummerSlam 2000 with that triple threat TLC match, the very first TLC match, and you know we, me and Fake said. $5 Patreon backers go and see, uh, hear our review of that. Um, but there is, like, you're right, like that would have been such a like a brilliant thing to have on the main show. That said, I would imagine this will end up on the pre-show. So probably oh, probably best that it's not, not a, uh, a TLC match. Oh, I really hope not. Um, but this was... Well, this what was, else is going to go on the pre-show? This was a really... Uh, Bobby Lashley, Elias, I suppose, could go on the... I've got to have a look at the card. Um, but the, the this match was just a very nice three-way structure of riffing on various spots. But then you add another one. So that there was a spot where Xavier Woods dived on Cesaro outside. He stands up. Jay just dives right on him. Yeah. And in the ring, there was a dual Xavier Woods uh, swing spot from Cesaro with Jay Uso on his back was, for a fireman's carry. It was carry. amazing stuff. Absolutely amazing stuff. I also really liked Cesaro because... The thing with triple threat, WWE triple threats, is that one person is usually on the outside and the other two people have a singles match. Cesaro wasn't just standing on the outside, though. He was talking to Sheamus, strategizing mm. about what to do next. I thought it was a really nice touch. Yeah, this was just a very fun TV match yes. that built to something. Like, it makes total sense that these three... It's a, it's a really good match to build their pay-per-view match. Yes. Um, and what I was weirdly... I was really excited about what was advertised for next week. And I wouldn't have been this excited had if uh, the new Dan Usos hadn't knocked this out of the park last year. A rap battle. Yes. And if it was the new day and the Usos again, but the bar are going to be there as well. And Cesaro's going to have to cut a promo with the mouth guard in. Maybe and, not. And, it, and I just don't think it's basically it's being set up to not be as good as last year's. I okay, so I see this, and because we we both said, man, that rap battle segment should have been your go home angle for that feud. Yeah, it was great because it was so hot near the end there, and they got like really quite shooty and real. It was it was fantastic, uh, and really surpassed all expectations we had. We see rap battle, and I'm like, oh god, yeah, might as well see musical chairs segment. Hey, now that musical chairs segment is one of the best things that WWE have ever done. Ric Flair made that segment great. That's really, it felt fair. it felt more like it'll be this another Bailey. This is your life. Yeah, um, and yeah, I think it was a month after <laughs> the, the Bailey. This is your life. Uh, but yeah, this is. I think Cesaro and Sheamus can fit that comedy role quite well. As in, we're not good rappers, so they just do their own thing and they'll just speak it. Yeah, uh, in I mean, rhyme. I'm sure it'll be. I'm I, confident. Again, it's, just, it's Cesaro cutting promos with the mouthpiece in. That's, that's more what well, it Hopefully it takes it. now. And, or Seamus does it. Or Seamus can do it. That'll be fine. Um, interestingly, though, fun fact for you. This is um, Cesaro and Cesaro's fourth loss on the bounce. Hmm. Lost at Survivor Series. Lost the night after Survivor Series. Lost uh, or two nights after Lost last week and lost again this week. It's not how I'd book my tag champs to, to lose all the time. Hey, they, they, they shouldn't have uh, dropped Big Show. <clears throat> Should be Seamus and Big Show. Not Cesaro Luzo, man. <laughs> so after this, we got another good promo, which was Rusev backstage with Kayla, and he just talks about how Nakamura, because Nakamura beat him up before their match could get started last week, how Nakamura's scared of him mm-hmm. because he's got, and he said, like, m- biceps like Mount Fuji, yep. and then a lot of food comparisons. Yes. Which was funny. Because he's going to feast on Nakamura on the greatest holiday of them all. And he walks away and then jumps back in to go, Rusev Day! And I thought, God, that chant was over when Aiden English yeah. was there to do it. Tripping over my Who? words. Aiden, you know. Must, no? be, must be a, an, old, well, an old thing. Well, I actually did this joke in my news. But um, I'm, I'm currently working on a missing persons report for Andrade Cien Almas. Because he hasn't been seen on WWE TV for 109 days. 
Are you serious? So it was SummerSlam pre-show was the last time he was actually oh, on TV. Come on, WWE. Well, they're doing good. They're, they're doing <laughs> the SmackDown is good at the moment, but that is that is an oversight. But this was great stuff. By great Rusev. stuff. Yeah. Really good promo. Then we got a Lars Sullivan video package. First time I've seen this one. Yes, because you weren't. Was it not on? Was it, it, was, on Raw? it was on Raw. Yeah, the same one was on Raw. Yeah, where he now cuts a promo. Uh, it looks like a early two thousands yeah, metal video, and that's the uh, the singer's shot. His um, face is right up in the grill. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of like warped a little mm. bit, so his mouth's further towards the back of frame. Um, and it is like they've branded him now. So they've given them the uh, the main roster treatment of giving you a name that we have to refer to you as all the time. Thank you to everyone who pointed out the Atl- outlandish Rich Swan is the one I couldn't remember yesterday. But it was like, you remember the outlandish Rich one, The Gentleman Jack Gallagher? All of these just nicknames. The Demon King Finn Balor. Now we are calling him the Freak Lars Sullivan. That's his branding. Yeah, he said that himself, didn't he? He was like, I'm a freak. Yeah. I was like, mm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if freak has that meaning anymore. It's because his finish is called the freak accident. Yeah, I guess so. That's, yeah, mm, it's, a, yeah it's, it's not that cool. It's a, bit, it's a bit naff. But the interesting... It's a bit main rostery. The interesting thing I thought was that he said he'll choose which brand to go to. Yes, because uh, St- Shane and Stephanie are currently feuding. As far as we're told, we haven't seen any of this. We haven't seen any proof of this, but we've been told that they are working very hard behind the scenes to, to sign him. Yeah, it's. Um, I- I'm getting sick of seeing these packages now. It's- I'll get used to it. Yeah. I don't think he'll debut till Royal Rumble. Uh, that's what I'm starting to fear, man, because this will be the seventh time we've seen it now. Yeah, it's new. At least this week it's new. You know, uh, hey, thumbs up for that, I guess. Uh, then we get the Miz TV segment that we've already talked about. And then we got the, the I guess, the co-main event, really, because after this it's Miz versus AJ, which we've already talked about, which, which happened. It wasn't just Daniel Bryan on commentary, although that was the better part of it. Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton. Which, it was just, so, so like, it's a big match. You put this in the TV guide. You might get people tuning to watch it because they recognise that match from 10 years ago. And the rest. And it's... It, it builds so both guys aren't feuding with each other which is very important here mm-hmm. Randy's feuding with Ray Jeff's built feuding with Joe and they furthered one of those storylines and the other guy got a win so I think overall this was a successful segment the worst thing they could have done was just another Randy Ray segment yes however it was just another Jeff Hardy versus Randy Orton match in 2018 which I'm just I'm very much past now and continuing, when I pointed out that Andrade hasn't had a, a been on TV for 109 days, where a sanity? Where are, where's half of the, the SmackDown roster? It's always the same lads that are on each and every week. And unfortunately, it's, it's people like Randy Orton that I'm just not interested in. Yeah, Almas getting a win over Hardy here because of distraction from Joe, which is what happened. Would, yeah. would have been a nice little bump of momentum for, yes. for, for Almas. But they, uh, not that it would go anywhere, but yes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they just kept on building this throughout the night and when it happened as the most vicious rivalry of the year. He, j- he put his finger in Jeff's ear once. And as he gave been, him a weird wet willy once. And has been proven time and time again. Jeff's fine. Jeff is absolutely fine. Or maybe he's not. Maybe this is going to play into the storyline. He's on the booze again. He can't feel it himself. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, this is what happens. It's, just, it's, a, it's a match. It's a Jeff Hardy, Randy Orton match. Paint by numbers. To describe that. And the, the live crowd sounded pretty quiet, I thought, for this. So it's not just us who are a bit sick of it. Mm-hmm. But Jeff is setting up a swanton bomb Onto Randy Orton on the announcer's table. <laughs> You're never making that, mate. Absolutely not in a cat and elf chart <laughs> are you making that jump. And uh, but you know, I thought that's not saying he won't try. <laughs> Just his heels tap yeah. Orton on on the way down. So I was I was kind of worried about that, but at the same time, like, hey, that's a big spot. This what what an episode of SmackDown. <laughs> but uh, Samoa Joe brilliantly appears on the screen on the titantron and he's in a bar my favorite thing about that though is joe comes up and he's in a bar we can all clearly see that he's in a bar it's like oh hi there jeff hope you're having a fun match i'm just in a bar but you can already recognize that yeah i've got a wonderful little touch it's like oh you know what every bar looks like because you're an alcoholic joe's performance here was immaculate oh it was so good so smug so smug we didn't answer the question that we posed at the top of this is daniel bryan the best heel in wwe I think Joe has given him a run for his money. 
Oh, no, no. It's not even close for me. I think Brian is exemplary. Oh, but I love Joe's delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really, really. I, I didn't say that he was better, saying he's giving a run for his money. Don't, no, I don't, Bri- think, Brian, Brian I don't is, think he's doing that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I think oh, Brian's in another level. Brian's in a champer Callahan echelon. Oh, I think it's a bit early to I, be going I, that. I get that. It's a bit yeah, early yeah, to be yeah, going yeah, that far. It's a bit early, but um, it's got potential to be. Mm-hmm. Potential, indeed. Well, you know, Straight Edge Society, one of my all-time favorite acts that WWE got bored of which WWE just inexplicably <laughs> dropped uh, I, I was reading up on that recently I can't remember why but uh, yeah the, here Joe's in the bar and Randy just hits an RKO yeah, wins, wins yeah. Jeff loses and Joe continues to talk and pour pints yeah he's pouring pints while he's doing it he pours them off screen though so I imagine someone just handed him a pint very well poured. very well poured minimal head um, and yeah so he, he pours a pint sort of like gives him a little toast and he's just like you know there is su- there's such a thing as called excess some guys they can just get together with their friends go out for have a couple of drinks call it a night and go on their way home some people have 14 and end up in jail if they even wake up at all Great! It was brilliant, and Jeff so, just so looked kind of sad. And yeah. then Joe's there, like so, sort of Simon Pegg in Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Down to wait, the... wait till this all blows yeah. over. <laughs> so yes, overall, a, an absolute, an absolute pleasure. Yes, an SmackDown. absolute pleasure of SmackDown. Uh, Laurie and I were very positive about Raw yesterday, in the sense that it was better than the previous two weeks. Still a poor show, but it was just so much better than the previous two weeks <laughs> that it felt like an ace show. This, on the other hand, I just thought was an you know excellent two hours of television. Storylines, characters, all moved forward. We've got new elements, new wrinkles put in here and ev- here and there and everywhere. Makes me want to see next week. Makes me want to see TLC. Thumbs up all round. Yeah, and it, it just feels like stuff had stakes. Yes. Everything meant something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, like you said, building towards stuff. So I mentioned on the uh, yesterday's podcast that uh, we haven't done an Agony Arts really in a while. We sort of do them, we sort of do them hither and thither, but I've got them kind of going back now to the end of October, which means that we're now sort of like a month and a bit behind. In arrears. We are in arrears on them, so I'm going to try and uh, read out some of these. Let's do this Let's one. Let's rattle through them and give... Uh, you know, partial advice. Absolutely. So this one obviously comes from Anonymous. Comes from Vacant. Hello, lol. Luke, Ollie, and Laurie. Hope this email finds you well. I have a work-related request for the Agony Arts. I've been working with a very large retail company for going on seven years now. I won't mention that company. I started working there as a cashier when I was 17 in high school. Early on in the job was great. Morale was good, and all the management were fair, friendly, and easy to talk to. However, in the last few years, the company has made some drastic changes that caused many other long-term employees to either quit or their position was eliminated. Because the company has eliminated several positions, they have expected the rest of us to take on a larger workload and do the work of multiple departments. Another frustrating bit is that they have also increased the wages of everyone that although they have increased the wages of everyone, they have also taken away benefits such as holiday pay, giving no incentive to come into work on major holidays and stay away from their families. The management uh, now has taken a turn for the worst, with new management not being able to make a proper schedule, leaving holes all in the shifts and causing employees who are there to not get their work done because they had to cover work from another area because they did not schedule anyone. Even the managers have, uh, that have been there since I started are not the same friendly faces they used to be. Many of them who I would say are, are were wanting to get out as soon as possible. There are other frustrating changes they are making but I won't get into. <clears throat> There have also been rumours they might possibly just close our store down altogether. Morale is at an all-time low and I feel as though I'm boarding a sinking ship. My question is, where do I go from here? I cannot be unemployed for long because I have two children. I don't finish college because my uh, I didn't finish college because my son was born when I was 20, just one year into my college career, and I used uh, and I had to leave work full-time. Uh, I had to leave to work full-time and support my family. Not entirely sure what to do with my life either as a career path as I wanted to go to school for. I decided it wasn't right for me. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. P.S. Sorry if that was too long. Mm. Paragraphs are your friend in in that sense. I just want to say, yeah, that's uh, that's a tough gig, man. I'm sorry, it really is. The yeah, it's but companies like you shouldn't really, especially large companies. Like, I, it's a bit cynical on my part because I was not fired, but I was let go, mm-hmm. uh, and that put me on my ass for six months. But that's yes. like also the best thing that's ever happened to me because then I like I just did everything. To, but I had the luxury. I don't have. I didn't have kids. I didn't have any other commitments. I could just work 
solid and you know do 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 where we are now so yeah it it's yeah but large companies don't owe you anything and and they they they'll say like oh we we value you and we do this this and this but at the end of the day that they won't miss you really they can replace you quite easily you so are a, you are a cog in the machine yeah yeah so but if uh, like smaller companies you, you, it's it's different like the smaller companies really really need you in general if you're good um so i would say it's not if it's not a nice place to work look somewhere else and and train yourself up it's going to be tough mm-hmm. but uh the tough tough decisions also require a lot of work so you'll have to maybe do a, a college course in your own time at weekends i don't know how you juggle that with having children but yeah if 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 you you got to you got to take on some more stuff really to to make your life better I would also say as well is that like because you want to leave your job does not mean you have to be unemployed. You can look for work while you are still within mm. the job you currently have. Um, I got out of one of my jobs that I wanted to move from and I went to have an interview at another company and I just told the company I was currently working for was just like, well, I've got a dentist appointment that I need to go to uh, in the morning. I'll be in in the afternoon. So I went to have my interview in the morning, then went to work in the afternoon, just and then made up a story, being like, "Oh yeah, that's it. I've got to book itself in for another appointment. I've got to go for a deep clean and, and all that sort of stuff." And then that company offered me um, another job. So I then said, "By the way, I lied. I did not have a dentist appointment. I went for a job interview, and they're offering me more, uh, offering me more money, and I'm going to go take it." Swerved, swerved, swerved them all. I, I would say definitely act on this as soon as possible the worst thing you want to do is have that lingering over you like oh will they fire me yeah or will the job get worse you want to be proactive with this start researching what you want to do and start taking like applying for jobs or what qualifications you need to get to get your the jobs that you prefer and if you are happy being a cashier then just look for a cashier job at another company where you might end up being happier regardless and you can then use that. So at least the morale is higher in that new place, which mm. in you know will affect your morale, and that will help spur you on in trying to do other things. Uh, let's have this other one here again from Vacant. Dear Ollie, Laurie, Andy, and Luke. Why am I at the end? I've been a SWAP Nation member since November 2016 when it was just Ollie. I remember when Wrestle Ramble didn't the even have a days. name. The good old days. The good yeah. old days. That's what YouTube will tell you. <laughs> uh, I've always wanted to say something to you guys, but never had any reason. I've been never. I've never been to a wrestling event. I'm a former Marine and don't have any trouble staying fit and i've only and i've only barely started watching wrestling and i only barely watched any wrestling i barely watched any wrestling as a kid i think he wants to say but he's i only barely watched sorry uh, but now I have WrestleTalk, Get Better, Rusev and an Agony Art all in one. I live in Savannah, Georgia, and I haven't seen anything wrestling related in person until last week. I was at a McDonald's and saw a man wearing a support WrestleTalk shirt, and I yes. said, hey, and we started talking about wrestling for about 10 minutes, the longest conversation I've ever had about wrestling. This was the best thing to happen to me in recent weeks. I recently found out that I have a tumor in my brain that is operable, but I have surgery in about 12 hours. There's a chance I could end up in a oh, coma wow. or brain dead. I just wanted to make my presence be known to everyone in the SWAF nation, and I I hope that when, and he's capitalized when, I get out of hospital, I can hear my name set up by Luke and Ollie. I love you, bye. Well, when was that email sent? Uh, on October 31st. Okay, so he's had a month. Yep. Has he, has he emailed in since? Uh, I do not believe he has emailed in since. So, we are hoping that everything is Anonymous, all email in, let us know you're okay. Absolutely. So where's the agony arts for that? Uh, I guess because we read out his name. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, that was an easy solve. An easy solve. Yeah. Here comes another one. Hey again, guys. I don't want to stay vacant this time. I want to share this with the Swap Nation. Um, I'm going to keep you. Uh, I'm going to keep you vacant anyway because I just think that's that's the way we do things here. Anyways, uh, soon I'm going to be moving to Australia permanently for educational purposes to the modern city of Melbourne, as Michael Cole would say. Now this is the first time I'm going to move anywhere else, especially going overseas all the way to Australia. I feel a bit frightened. I'm a diehard wrestling fan and I don't know if there's going to, don't know if that's going to help me with my relations since I'm only a high schooler. Do you think that I'm worrying with no reason or should I be cautious in my relations and not tell everyone I'm a wrestling fan? They've got a Australia's got a great wrestling scene at the moment. A massive, and actually, that's the probably 2018 has been the story of the rise of Australian wrestling scene to the point where there was rumours that WWE that might be the next place they do a a, a performance centre rather than Germany. Yeah, Melbourne have quite a big promotion, like one of the biggest promotions I believe is in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, no, I, I mean, you don't have to lead with that. I wouldn't open conversations with normal people. Hi, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would scope those people out mm-hmm. by checking out what T-shirts people are wearing. Always a good sign. Like, just seeing what else they're into. Mm-hmm. It's usually an overlap between certain geeky interests or sports interests. Yep. Uh, and also online. Like, you can Facebook your new friends and classmates or, or colleagues. Mm-hmm. And see what they're into. If they've liked AJ Styles' page, I think they're probably going to be a wrestling fan. Most likely. Or, or a flat earther. The thing I would worry about more is that everything there will eat you. Or <laughs> kill you. Oh, man. You see those videos of spiders in Australia? They're just they're terrifying. I've seen... They are like aliens. Yeah. Like spiders eat snakes. Yeah. Or just like stuff, stuff that shouldn't be that way. Mm. That's the upside down. Yeah. It really is. So, yeah, just uh, be more concerned about all the things that are going to poison you to death slowly and painfully. Absolutely. Uh, we haven't really got a joke to get through, but I'm going to read out a quick get better. Hey, guys, you may remember my... This is from Jumping the Smark, of course. Hey, guys, you may remember my email asking for advice on healthier eating habits, and Luke said to try and cut sweets out like he did. I tried that, but after a week, I decided it wasn't going to work. However, I have upped my exercise levels and, per my request, moved down from varsity basketball to junior varsity so I would get more playing time. Also, I've replaced all sweet drinks with kombucha and the fermenta- and the fer- fermentation? Would you say that's fermentation? Fermentation cuts sugar cravings. Too mm. long didn't read. I'm eating a bit healthier and I'm doing more exercise. Well, thank you for the Get Better updates. I love the, the strong willpower on show there. Absolutely. I tried not to eat sweets for a week. Yep. It's, not, it's not working out for me. Yes. I'm going to eat sweets all the time now. Uh, and thank you for your WrestleTalk Get Better, Assange. We will do that on the next episode that Ollie is here for, which will be the magazine show. But Laurie and I will be back once again with the Renegade Master for the NXT reviews tomorrow. So thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs>